Literary's podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Very well, thanks. Spring has sprung. It's the end of this very weird year. It is. Yeah. I can't even believe that. Oh, no, it's not spring yet because that was last month. Was, I have oh. to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> the end uh, of spring. <laughs> I can't tell when spring is anymore because I just, yeah. I don't know, my brain won't readjust itself to Australia in terms oh. of the seasons. Like oh, spring right. just means April to me. Yeah, right. And I just can't make myself relearn them and it's been a weird spring yeah it was cold on the weekend the people across the road from us had their fire on on the weekend yeah well and now it's hot yeah we, we, we've been like that yeah like one it's day we're crazy. like should we go to the beach and the next day we're like turn the fire on <laughs> with where <laughs> the blanket yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this month we read Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. Yes, and we um, chose it because it is shortlisted for the 2020 yes. Booker Prize, which is going to be announced on the 19th yes. of this month. November. And we hedged our bets a little bit because when we chose it, it was longlisted and then now it's since been shortlisted, which we're really happy about. Yeah. <laughs> and um, later this month we'll find out if it won or not, yeah. um, which is really exciting. So this is... Um, her debut novel, novel as well, yes. which is really exciting. And didn't they say were there four debut novels in the Booker yes. shortlist? Yes, there's yeah. quite a number of them. Yes, which I don't know if that's. I assume that's not usual because they've mm. mentioned it. Mm. Um, but that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, imagine your first novel and you're shortlisted for the Booker. Incredible. Yeah. So um, Avni was born in New Jersey. Um, she lives in Dubai now with her family. Um, like I said, this is her debut novel. Um, she has worked as an art critic and a curator before fo focusing on writing fiction. Um, and this was originally published in India as Girl in White Cotton, which you would have seen as well. Yes, but they didn't think that that would mean the same. In yeah, and I should have looked more into that because I... It had, um, I, I interpreted from that that it had different connotations mm. to probably us here than it would someone from India. Yeah. So um, I should have looked into that because mm. that, that intrigued me. Mm. Um, so yeah, 19th of November, we'll find out if this was or is the winner. Mm. I haven't read anything else on the shortlist. No, neither have I. I had that Shuggy Bane yeah. book. It was really long and yeah. I just ran out of time with it, but that looked good too. Yeah, mm. I did notice that, and I, I thought, did, she, did you read that or not? Mm, I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, I just put it back. Um, shall I read the little blurb? Please. <coughs> In her youth, Tara was wild. She abandoned her loveless marriage to join an ashram, endured a brief stint as a beggar, mostly to spite her affluent parents, and spent years chasing after a dishevelled homeless artist, all with her young child in tow. Now she's forgetting things, mixing up her maid's wages and leaving the gas on all night, and her grown-up daughter is faced with the task of caring for a woman who never cared for her. This is a love story, and it is a story about betrayal, but not between lovers, between mother and daughter. Sharp as a blade and laced with caustic wit, Avni Doshi tests the limits of what we can know for certain about those we are closest to, and by extension, about ourselves. Mm. So this is split into two timelines. Mm -hmm. um, one is present day where Antara, who is the daughter, um, her mother as the 
blurb you just read says um, is struggling with Alzheimer's and, and Tara is struggling with how to care for her while also maintaining her sanity and her marriage. Yeah. And then, of course, the second timeline is in the past where she's a child and um, it co- pretty much starts from when her mother leaves her father um, to live in this ashram and uh, she becomes the lover of the guru mm. in this ashram and so largely neglects her daughter. Yeah, literally just left. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so... Um, and she was only she was toddlery. Yeah, I like think two so. two or three or something. Yeah, yeah. very, very young. Mm. And um, so Antara ends up seeking solace from a woman called Kali Mata, um, who is an American woman who was formerly called Eve. And Eve um, leaves her American life after her... Um, she was originally living with her mother-in-law and her husband and daughter, and then the mother-in-law dies, and then shortly thereafter, um, the husband and daughter die in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And so she can't deal with that, so she leaves um, and ends up in India in the same ashram and becomes kind of a surrogate mother yeah, for... the maternal figure. Yeah, since her mother yeah, is Not just absent. them, but she's a part of her life forevermore, really. Yeah. Yeah. I really, um, even though it was very brief, I liked that little backstory yeah. about um, Eve, Kalimata. Yeah. I found like up to that point, I was sort of struggling a bit with mm-hmm. the plot and that sort of like really anchored me. I really liked yeah. that. St- well, it was extremely sad, but... Yeah, a little bit more of a deep dive into mm. the, the character. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and then in the present, Antara is worried about her mother's health. So she decides to do all this study, like almost like um, she wants to understand the medical science mm. behind what is happening with her mother's yeah. health. And she really kind of goes nuts with it and yeah. presents it to her mother's doctor who kind of treats her... Like just, yeah, quite dismissively. Dismissive, and, yeah. You know, like she'd just done some Google searching when uh, she'd done some quite... Um, in-depth research into the, you know, chemical imbalances and, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And so she determines that her mother's condition is worsened by consuming sugar. And so she changes her diet um, to, um, you know, be more healthy. Mm. And in the process of that, her mother's um, does start to she her mother's um, memory does start mm. to improve. She becomes a little bit more cognitive, and yeah, a bit more clear of mind. She's she's not a love she's not a, a great mother, and I think you know the clearer of mind she is, the more evident that that is that she's she's um, a neglectful, you know, emu- emotionally sort of abusive mother. Right. Yeah. She becomes troublesome. Yeah. Um, more troublesome than when she's. Um, sort of in the fog of mm. of her disease, and then she's yeah. quite placid and yeah, docile almost. Yeah, and like yeah. a part out of the furniture or something. Just yeah. sort of sits there, and she's. I think she says at one point, "You the peop- that people kind of forget that she's mm. there because she's just so out." Yeah, out, out, out off in her own little yeah. mind. Yeah, wherever yeah. she is. Yeah, she becomes um, uh, yeah, more difficult and nastier yeah and Mm. then i found for me the 
almost kind of crescendo, even though it mm. was it was very subtle, was when it's revealed that the artist mm. that um, Tara was sort of traipsing around after in her youth, yeah. that and Tara um, ends up having an affair with him. Mm. And it's when her mother's memory starts to come back that that's revealed. And then it was like the next day she starts feeding yeah. her sugar again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was quite... Um, Uncomfortable is not the word. It was it was strange and menacing almost. Mm, yeah, menacing. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, she wanted to, to to not talk about it. Yeah. So she enabled her mother's disease to develop further by giving her sugar again. Yeah, and she talks a little about like she's poisoning her slowly with under the noses of you know her family and friends around mm. her by just giving you know. Seemingly being a lovely daughter by giving her mother, you know, sweets what she wants and to eat. sugary foods and when in reality she knows that she's killing her in a way. Mm. That's right, yeah. And then eventually um, Antara has her own child, mm -hmm. her own daughter, and um, she struggles with depression. Mm, almost immediately. Yeah. yeah, and has thoughts of harming her, mm -hmm. um, which was... Uh, obviously very troubling. I was really looking forward to reading this book mm. and I um, enjoyed reading it. I didn't find it a difficult read, um, but I found it intensely uncomfortable. It's almost a voyeuristic book, isn't it, in that you're um, really... I, I, as, re as I was reading it, I felt like um, I'm the only person, or the reader is the only person that really knows the real Antara. And I, it was just such a deep dive into her innermost thoughts, be them horrible, mm. mean, kind, whatever. It was um, very intense to be in her head for yeah. the whole book. Yeah, but at the same time, I felt disconnected mm. from her and really from this book. I feel like it was holding me at arm's length somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it I agree. Yeah, I found that the two storylines, I don't know, it it seemed a bit sort of messy and all over the place. Mm. I didn't really sink into it. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, I just felt really disconnected. I felt disconnected, but I enjoyed that feeling of disconnectedness mm. while reading it. I I feel like that's what I was supposed to feel while reading it. Um, you know, that the theme of, you know, does anybody really know anybody really and truly? I felt like that this reading it embodied that mm. feeling, like do we really know each other? Mm. Because she thinks some of the most horrific things mm. fleetingly and she's unlikable in a way. Mm. Um, yeah, she's not, she's not somebody that I empathise with or feel connected to, but I think that we were supposed to feel like that. Mm. And is that a reflection on all of us, you know? We're not all thinking about puppy dogs and rainbows all the time. Mm, but I feel like she was never thinking about puppy dogs and rainbows, mm. which may be um, yeah. fair enough considering the childhood mm. that she had. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like she was also disconnected from herself in a way. Mm. You know, she's incredibly um, self-reflective but also disconnected 
in some way from her own life and her, mm. you know, she didn't seem close with her husband or her best friend or anyone. Yeah, that's right. She, yeah, she doesn't really seem, yeah, you're right. Um, she seems kind of disdainful of everybody in her life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, there's some really, <laughs> there's some really varying reviews of this book. Yeah. There's some very, um, I think one review said this book is disgusting even. I don't know if you saw that yeah, one. Yeah, I think Reed. I did see that. There was um, lots of descriptions of bodily yeah. functions and stuff that yeah, comes out she of talks, <laughs> Yeah, she talks yeah, about orifices and mm. smells and mm. um, excretions and... <laughs> 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 so that's that is a running through theme through the book, and that is why, when I say this book is um, grotesque in parts, I don't mean in the typical sense of the word grotesque. Like it is literally, she talks about gross stuff, mm-hmm. and it has a uncomfortable feeling about it when she talks about you know how she doesn't allow her body to emit any odours or smells and then when she does because she's you know having a baby whatever she's almost disgusted with herself Mm. in a way it's really (laughs) I feel like we're all over the shop talking about this but it's (laughs) it is it it feels a bit all over the shop when you're reading it as well doesn't it yeah there are lots of themes Mm. um in this book and the other thing that people commented on which I can't um really say for myself but they some people had trouble with the fact that um Avni Doshi is essentially American Mm. um, and has set her whole book in India and um, it kind of was reminding me a bit of um, American Dirt some of the things that people were saying about it I have I'm largely ignorant Mm. about India Mm. and I've never been there so I I didn't notice that but um, yeah some people had a problem with that Okay, what was the problem that it was um, That they described it as India as Westerners see it Oh, okay. Um, yeah. See, I'm, I have been to India and I really liked reading something that was set there. I mean, I've only, it was a very, very long time ago, but it was interesting to – I found it um, – I understood some of the things about what the descriptions and, and how they were describing places mm. and the smells, you know, the smell of smoke and petrol uh. – um, and food intermingled together is such a strong. That's one of my ma- main memories of being there is the smell of cooking and um, traffic fumes huh. and smoke. It's very cereal, and it's huh. you know I liked I liked that. But mm. again, I've only been there once, and I'm also a white woman, <laughs> so I could see why you know mm. through the lens of a white person or someone who's was raised in a Western society could see like this mm, yeah so yeah i get that um, so you liked it i really liked it i enjoyed being uncomfortable reading this book mm. i didn't empathize with the characters i thought they were unlikable characters mm. unflinchingly um unapolog- unapologetic about their bad behaviors mm. and their you know tara in particular you know was a terrible mother, horrible, mm. and just completely unapologetic about it mm. the whole way yeah. through. There's no resolution to to this. There's no um, coming together at the end and saying, "I'm sorry." 
and I think that's part of the theme of the book is that Antara wants her mother to understand what she did but she is forgetting now mm. um, and she's unable to, f- to remember these things. So how can she be so infuriated towards someone who can't even remember what they've done to it's them? It's frustrating. Yeah. 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 I wanted, I wanted there to be some com- comeuppance right. but there's, there's not. There's never, yeah, there's never um, going to be. Yeah. I found the book um, <sighs> unreachable almost. The characters are unreachable. You are When you said that you read it and you felt like you were at an arm's length, mm. I agree with that. I, I felt like I was, yeah, very a voyeur in these people's lives. Mm. Um, and I liked that. Right. Last month I said that um, I felt like I'm thinking of ending things as a book that's going to stay with me. Mm. Whereas this book, I feel like, You've like, done. I just read it and I already hardly remember what yeah. happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I I am sitting with the the feeling of the book rather than, you know, any specific plot points. It's not plot right. driven really. Definitely it's, not plot driven. It's you know, the whole book is virtually in Antara's head. Mm. Um and I think I'm just ooh, this sounds so pretentious. <laughs> I think I'm resting in that space for the minute. I'm I'm not gonna be putting this on my, you know, all-time best books list. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your face. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one thing, this is another book I feel like that said it's really funny and I did not laugh at all. I didn't oh, find it, it at all funny. funny. Yes. Says oh. something about caustic wit. Oh, oh um, yeah, it does. Sharp as a blade and laced with caustic wit. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even think I smiled. No, the whole time. I didn't find it funny <laughs> at all. At <laughs> all. <laughs> no, I did think it might be slightly. You know, the the relationship between mothers and daughters is a, a really interesting one to, um, you know, look at, and it's been looked at in lots of books, and it's, you know, it's a relationship that's unlike any other. Um, and I thought it might be slightly more um, relatable, but not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like this doesn't really add anything to the conversation about mm. mother-daughter relationships, which yeah. I was kind of hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not trying to. I mean, it's just telling a story, isn't mm. it? So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> have you read much else this month? Jay? I have only read one other thing. Okay. Um, you've read lots though, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I, well, I had some time off this month, so I mm. was able to do some. Well, do you want to start nice and reading. I'll jump in? Jump in the middle sure. of a couple of yours? Sure. Well, um, I just, like I said last month, loved Ian Reid's book so much that I wanted to read his second book because I'm thinking of Ending Things was his first. Um, so his second book is called Foe. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, his writing style, his voice, I find so um, identifiable. And I think that in retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have read those two books back to back because I feel like almost like it was too much of a good thing. Like his, that his writing style is just so unique that I almost OD'd on it a little bit. Like that sort of um, like really in your head um kind of and and his ability to stretch out these uncomfortable unsettling um um storylines but 
this book, so if you didn't like I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which I feel like it was, it's certainly in our staff room, it was a controversial. Isn't it though? <laughs> I think, did most people not like it? I feel it? like I was alone in liking it. <laughs> I mean, you emphatically liked it. Yes. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then so everyone else was like, that was stupid. Yeah. 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 So if you didn't like I'm Thinking of Ending Things, then I don't think you'll like Faux because um, it's it's while it's a completely different book, it's more sci-fi. It's about a man who um, is, um, is set to go on a space mission. Um, I know. It's, <laughs> you see Jane's face right now. Like, normally this is not the sort of book I would read. But um, because I like Ian Reid so much, I think it doesn't matter. Um if you're going to read this book, I would suggest not reading the, the back blurb because I feel like it gave too much away. I could see what was coming um, because I read the back cover and I feel like that kind of wrecked it a bit for me. But um, the ending of this book is not as depressing as I'm thinking of ending things. And so, um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Right. You going to tell us your... Sure. Um, I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, we both read this. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so this book is has been super hyped. Um, it's everywhere. Um, famously mentioned by Adele a little while ago as being part of the inspiration for her recent sort of rejuvenation yes, in life. Yes, weight loss and yes. everything. Yep. Um, I see people reading it everywhere. I was getting my nails done a couple of weeks ago and there were I was reading it and there were two other people oh. reading it at the same like oh my getting gosh. their nails done too. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um so it is something and this I know there's a few people here reading it as well. Um this the little blurb says, um, who were you before the world told you who to be? When women learn to please, they forget who they are. Part inspiration, part memoir. Untamed will help all women dare to live a braver, more authentic life. Now I never read books like this. Mm. Never ever, because they're so ugh. Could be a bit preachy. Oh, a bit preachy and a bit too um hard going mm. this book it's very lots of lots and lots of chapters some of them are a page long yes some are four pages long really really easy to read and yes. she talks very she writes very uh, metaphorically which I like um, and appreciate rather than it being very dry and um, um, textbooky mm. um, I just loved this so much and I don't want to you know, drag into the hype of it because everyone says it's the best book in the world. I loved it so much. <laughs> I don't – I'm also not someone who writes notes in books. I mean, that's, you know, a sin obviously. <laughs> but I'm not someone who writes notes in books or puts um, bookmark, like little tabs to refer back to. But mm. my copy of this has got them the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> and yet just to uh, point out, this is Jane's own copy, not yeah. the library book. Obviously, yes. <laughs> Um, I really um, felt something for this book and it's definitely something that I will go back to. Um, there were – I read it somewhere. read somewhere that someone described it as being a punch in the gut mm. and I really get that. Was that Brene Brown, I think? Was that? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it is like there's a few um, sort of paragraphs or chapters that are like a punch in the gut mm. that really make you just think – 
ah, uh, right, now I yeah. get it. Yeah, it's feminist, but feminist in the best way, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked the style, as you say. It's, like, really easy to pick up and just yeah. read a little bit because it, they're almost like a collection of short essays, although yeah. it does, like, yeah, present really well as one piece. Um, I don't think I found it as life-changing as mm. Adele did, but no. I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing has changed in my life <laughs> since I finished the book, but I definitely have been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, yes, and yeah. about like kind of questioning yourself, like what yeah. do I really want? That's right. Like, I'm doing this, but, you know, is that really... Have I been conditioned? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. And yeah, I'll, I think it's an important... I'll definitely read it again. Um, one thing I did, because I've, I've not read... She's written quite a few books... So, you know, part of the story is that she is was a, a Christian blogger. I think she? so, yeah. Um, and married with kids and, you know, the whole usual suburban package. Conservative, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, I can't remember what the crux of the change was, but she basically realised that she... She falls in love with a woman. Yeah, she falls in love almost like, you know, on sight, falls yeah. in love with a woman. Um and divorces, leaves her husband, divorces her husband, um, begins a relationship with this woman, um, and then the story goes on from there. So there were, there were was were a few little religiousy bits throughout mm. the book, but not um, not in a way that put me off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you say those all those things that you just said seems like it should be unrelatable yeah to yes you know someone like you or me but it was totally relatable oh 100 yeah yeah definitely yeah. um didn't you love the relationship that she ended up having with her ex-husband oh, it was beautiful what a dream yeah i mean just you know the whole epitomizes the whole more love is more love yes you know and it's just um it was lovely, mm. you know, without it, uh, you know, I don't think they got there without their dramas and difficulties, but it, Definitely. it was um, quite admirable. I found it really interesting, the part where she talks about the fact that she is in love for mm. the first time yeah. in her life as a 40-something-year-old woman and what, yeah. that, what that was like, mm. yeah, never having experienced it before. Yeah, mm. I, yeah I'd encourage lots of people to read it. Yeah, definitely, me nice too. Nice one. Um, the other book I actually listened to on audiobook is Salt Creek by Lucy Trelor. Um, this is not a new book, but um, this it's... This is after Wolf Island or before? I think... I, I don't know that they follow each other. I no, think they Wolf don't. Island, Wolf Island was came out after. after. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, this is a sweeping family saga. I was glad it was um, a book that I took with us on holiday so we had something to listen to while we were driving across to the air peninsula so um it, it's, it's about a family from adelaide in the late 1800s that were once quite well off but then um their father um hit some hard times and so he ends up purchasing some land and sheep out in the Koorong. and so it's about their struggle to cope with this really isolated existence um, out in the Koorong and their relationship with the um, indigenous people that live there. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. I loved that I've been to the Koorong so I could 
um, you know, visualize uh, the landscape and everything. Um, so, yeah, if you like fe- sweeping family sagas. Um, mm, that sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at you reading things from the olden from days. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a varied reader you are now. <laughs> um, I read nothing else. Have you got more? Nope. Oh, I was going to say, surely you didn't read more than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's lots out this month. Shall I talk about what's out? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, so there's loads out this month. I'm not going to, you know, do deep dives into all of these, but... Um, as we all know, this year lots of publications have been pushed um, till later in the year. That, in combination with the fact that Christmas is coming, this is a big publication period of time, mm. just normally, but even more so even at the more, moment. Yeah. Um, so I'll just whip through some that I just sort of picked out that might be interesting. Um, Michael J. Fox has got a book coming oh, out. Does he really? He does. It's called No Time um, Like the Future. Um, huh. And that is... An optimist considers mortality. That's He's an amazing person, isn't he? Mm. I think yeah, lots of people love him. I've never. Yeah. I don't think he's has he read written anything else. Yeah, he his first book I think was called Always Looking Up. So that's oh. he's what he's referring to that with the yeah. optimist thing, right? Yeah. Mm. So that might be interesting. Now, William McGuinness has got a book coming out, and I picked this because it's about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a book called um, Christmas Tales Coming Out. This is an Ashet book. Uh, it's a joyous collection of wry observations, poignant reflections, and amusing anecdotes, smartly de- delivered with McGuinness's trademark self-deprecating humour and his philosophical outlook on life. He's written quite a number of books like this that are little um, sort of um, vignettes of life. Mm. Um, and this one's obviously about Christmas. The cover's really um, a Father Christmas hanging, washing up on the hill's hoist. Uh. Um, so I think this might be quite nice mm. as a, a bit of a summary read. He's not for everyone. He's quite – appeals to blokes quite a bit. Right. Now, this one. I'm going to show you the cover of this. This is a real theme at the moment, these sorts of covers. Yes, very sort of sparse and yeah. minimalist. Pastely. and Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is called There's No Such Thing as an Easy Job. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. Kikiko Samuda. There's No Such Thing as an Easy Job. So this is out uh, right at the very end of this month. Um, a woman walks into an employment agency and requests a job that requires no reading, no writing and ideally very little thinking. <laughs> she is sent to an office building where she's tasked with watching the hidden camera feed of an author suspected of storing contraband goods. But observing someone for hours on end isn't so easy. How will she stay awake? <laughs> when, when can she take delivery of her favourite brand of tea? And perhaps more importantly, how did she find herself in this situation in the first place? As she moves from job to job, writing bus adverts for shops that mysteriously disappear and composing advice for rice cracker wrappers that generate thousands of devoted followers, it becomes increasingly apparent that she's not searching for the easiest job at all, but something altogether more meaningful. That sounds fantastic. I know. I definitely (laughs) want to read that. (laughs) Is it it translated or...? I don't know. It's a Bloomsbury book. Okay. They often do sort of more niche interesting types of books. Um, oh, yes, look, it says. Yes, it is translated. Yeah. So 
I thought that sounded adorable. Yeah. And really fun for summer. <laughs> I'm going to try and read that one, I think. Cool. And it is. It's that on-trend book cover, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Now, do you know Bananarama? The group. Yes. Yes. Okay. They've got a book coming out. <laughs> It's like everything from my teenage yeah. years. Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Bananarama. <laughs> so this is out early November. Uh, first and only book from one of the most influential girl groups of all time. Celebration of determination and lifelong friendship with oh. an unbeatable soundtrack. Oh, that sounds lovely. So you can add that to your uh, <laughs> 80s pile of <laughs> books to read. <laughs> Um, now, one, we've got an author this month called Dan Keegren. Um, he's got a book coming out called Courage Under Fire. He is a, uh, the recipient of the Victoria Cross um, Medal. Um, so this is a, a frank and revealing memoir from him um, as an unlikely candidate to, re- to receive the Victoria's Cross. So we've got him um, online coming up. Um, so book in and have a listen. And, but his book is out also this month. Very good. Um, it's a book called Ma Beattie, uh, Next Generation Black Writing. This is edited by Effie Shiosaka and Linda Martin. It's a, it says it's a beautifully crafted, evocative and poignant anthology of prose and fiction. A diverse group of young black writers are encouraged to find strength in their voices and what is important to them. It's a journey into what it is to be young, a person of colour and a minority in divergent and conflicting worlds. Mm. Um, So these are essayists, critics, novelists, poets, authors um, who have uh, written for this um, book. Mm. So I thought that sounded really interesting. Mm, Compelling. Yeah, that's out, I think, either the very beginning or very end of this month. I can't remember. Um, Rosalie Hamm has got a new book coming out. I saw that. Yeah, so she wrote The Dressmaker, which was incredibly popular, turned into a movie with Kate Winslet. Did you see that? Yes, I did, yeah. She's got a book called The Dressmaker's Secret coming out. Um, So this is a sequel to that book. So there'll be loads of people after that this this month, I think. Mm. Um, Now, this one has popped up as being really already very popular and lots of people are talking about this book. Uh, It's called Luckies by Andrew Pippos. It's a sweeping family saga about a young Greek migrant determined to find his fortune in post-war World War II Australia, filled with heartbreak, secrets and redemption. Lots of people saying this is a fun, easy, great read. Oh, it didn't sound fun and easy. No, it doesn't at (laughs) all, does it? It sounds depressing and, um, you know, slightly hard hard work. Yeah. Yeah. But people are... People... A few bookshops have got this on there. This is what we're all reading lists. Mm. Um, and so lots of bookshop staff are reading this at, at the moment. So Interesting. And look at the cover. How cute does that look? Oh, it, oh I have seen that. Yeah. I have seen that, yeah. Doesn't it look yeah. lovely? It does. Um, so that's some of the stuff that's out this month. There's heaps more. So, um, the other book that you might be interested in is called The Best of Me, and it's David Sedaris's best stories and essays spanning his remarkable career as selected by the author himself. I'm so looking forward to reading this. I know that you're a fan, so I was... Massive um, fan, yeah. huge fan. So, yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be popular... He comes. He writes so many books like this. I don't actually know where he gets all of these mm. things, but I wonder if this is a compilation of things that might be in other books. You know how sometimes Sounds they like it. Um, pull them together. He's yeah. done a Christmas one that's pulled um, from lots of his different books and he pulls all the Christmassy ones out right. and made a Christmas one, <laughs> which obviously I loved. Um, 
yeah, I look forward to seeing that in real life, seeing what it's like. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought I would mention just in literary news is that earlier uh, last month, the Nobel Prize in Literature was awarded to Louise Glick, who is an American poet. Um, and yeah, there was some conjecture about what they would do this year because there's been a bit of scandal around the Nobel um, Prize in Literature over the last couple of years. Um, in 2018, it was, oh sorry, last year they were criticized because they awarded the prize to Peter Hanke, um, who is an Austrian author, but um, he's been accused of genocide denial. So there was controversy around that decision. And then the year before that, in 2018, there was scandal because the husband of an Academy member um, was accused of sexual misconduct. So there were mm. lots of people saying they were going to go for somebody very safe, quote unquote, for the prize this year. Um, but people are saying that the um, awarding it to Louise Glick is is not safe, that it's definitely based on literary merit, um, um, looking at her career and her all of her work. Um, and um, it's the Nobel Prize in Literature is regarded as perhaps the world's most prestigious literary award. It's been around since 1901, um, and the prize money um, is valued at approximately, I think this is in U.S. dollars, $1.1 million. <gasps> is so, it? Yeah, it's a huge deal. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that much money. Mm, I know. Wow. Yeah, so pretty big deal. I mean, that would be exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the literary news I have. Lovely. Mm. Would you like to tell everyone what our next book is? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> Jane and I decided that we wanted to read something fun for the end of the year this year. So hopefully this provides us with that fun. It's The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And I've got a little um, uh, description of it. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other life you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. While we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these lives, would any of these other lives truly be better? So, oh, how cool does that sound? <laughs> I want to go to that library. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. It sounds so lovely. Delightful. Delightful. Mm. That's exactly what it sounds like. Perfect for December. Yes. And next month we'll be doing two episodes. That's right. We'll do our wrap-up episode mm -hmm. like we did last year. Yeah. And we'll talk about all of the books that we've read and what we've liked and what yep. highlights there have been. I don't think we're going to agree this year. Last year was a no-brainer with Michelle Obama. That's right. Yeah, we becoming. both. That's right. That was easy to pick as our favourite. Yeah. I don't know what you would choose this year. Mm. Have to we'll <laughs> come have back to and listen. <laughs> Find oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Facebook yes. and Instagram. Join the Literary Anything Facebook group. And we'll see you next month. See ya. That's all my notes, that's it. Right.
Don't say it like that. That means that's bad. Wait, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't read, write that much either. Like, it's just from here to here. Mm, yeah, but mine's in, like, size 20 font. Yours is in size 9. <laughs> um, yeah. We're struggling, aren't no, we? We're really struggling. In my head, I'm thinking, you'll be able to cobble something together. <laughs> Powers of editing. <laughs> Very Aussie. It's got a hills hoist with a father with a Santa dressed up as a Father Christmas. A Santa dressed up as a Father Christmas. <laughs> that makes no sense. 